Get ready to tune in to stories of average men striving for greatness to become the leaders that are needed in their homes, in their career, and their communities. This is the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. Hey, today on the show, we have Brian and Brian Alvey. Did I say that right, Brian? Yep, you sure did. All right. So we have Brian. Yeah, we have Brian Alvey. He's been with me before, so this is going to be fun. He is the owner of The Mint in Franklin, Indiana. He's a business consultant. He has a incredible nonprofit that we'll talk about, and he is the father of four. So welcome to the show, man. Hey, man. Thanks for having me back. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I, I always like having these uh, conversations after I've had one, and then we circle back around and get yeah. deeper and talk fun. about some more things. Yeah. Yeah. So what... What's been going on in your life lately? Just been staying real busy, uh, you know, um, doing the, doing the do with with respect to business and whatnot, the day to day stuff. You know, dealing with all this COVID stuff. You know, it's definitely changed how we have to do things, our approach on a lot of things, and you know, try to stay compliant with all the state quote unquote mandates, whatever that is, and um, moving forward, that still doing a lot of training for myself. You know, that's my, you know, I put myself through a uh, physical torment for um, proper mental health. And uh, sometimes I have to ask myself, Oh, is this worth it? Uh, you know, I, I let a bunch of young studs beat me up on a regular basis. So uh, still doing that. And uh, a few other things, just poking and prodding around when I'm not just hanging out with my kiddos. Yeah, that's cool. I, I, um, I think I relate a lot to like kind of your lifestyle. You're, you're, you're move. You're always moving. You seem to always be moving. You're involved in things. You're involved in other people's lives. You have your business and you know, you're also balancing the kids. I think I've said it many times before, but balance is a fallacy when you are where you're a business owner and you have a family and all those other things. But, um, so first of all, let's talk about your nonprofit because the wire 100 wire 100, yeah, the Warrior, Warrior 110. I missed it by 10. Yes, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. actually thought of that one after I said it. But hey, the yeah. Warrior 110, you just finished that, what, five months ago? Uh, we, did, we did it for the second time, and we did it um, the week of uh, Veterans Day. That's right. That's right. And so, so this, November. this is your second time around doing a 110-mile rock. Uh, yep. Was that pretty eventless, or uh, did you come across some fun excitement or – not so fun excitement during that experience. Actually, uh, it was it went really well. Um, we uh, we were blessed with some amazing weather. I couldn't believe it. I mean, there was a couple of days I was. I mean, it's November, and I remember November that time frame last year, and I was like, oh man, I don't know if I'm going to do this at this time frame. Maybe I'll stick with the summer like we did the first year, which was hot. Um, but, uh, I mean, there was a few days I was running with my shirt off. You know, it was just warm. I mean, it was it, – but it was never too hot. It was just – it literally was perfect. The last day, it got just a little chilly. So, oh, shucks, I had to put a sweatshirt on, <laughs> you know. Um, it was – I mean, I couldn't have asked for better weather. I mean, it never rained on us. I mean, it just – it was perfect. So – and we did a little different this year. I, I mean, me and Adam proved a point the first year to ourselves. Uh, he and I did the – for, you know, the first hundred by ourselves. And, uh, and we, uh, we just went old school, man. We pushed in the wood line when it was time to sleep, you know, either slung a hammock or dropped on the ground with a bivy sack or something. And, uh, this year, man, I'm old and I'm brittle and I don't need to be doing this stuff. So, 
this year we we hoteled it, man. I was like, I we, were, um, we had a support van following us, opposed to just two guys just walking all by themselves at Lonesome. But we had the support van. I mean, I had a but I had, had some really great guys, Jake, Rick, and uh, Darren that, that, that rolled with me. Darren did the whole thing with me, walked the whole thing with me, and Rick did a bunch. And Jake Jake would manage the whole thing. He serves on the board of directors with the Warrior 110. As a matter of fact, all three of those gentlemen serve on the board of directors with the Warrior 110. And um, But Jake was doing all the social media posting, taking all the photos and coordinating, you know, speaking events along the way, different media events. And then, uh, and then he would take care of the hotel. And I had one request per each stop that we had I was like find the hotel with the damn hot tub yeah. i need to get my brittle sore ass in a hot tub so every <laughs> night that we could get a hot tub uh covid shut a bunch of them down weirdly enough uh but um every night that we could get a hot tub it was we soaked in a hot tub and drank bourbon and uh that was our preparation for the next day's adventures so we try to you know we do it over a five-day sp uh span just because we don't want to push it too fast. You never know with weather and just the different media stops. We got a lot, some time for it. But if you also look at 110 miles, you break that down. That's 22 a day, which is a, um, which is also a, a way of us uh, giving a shout out to the 22 veterans a day that commit suicide that with the warrior 110, what we're doing is we're trying to wear awareness and funds to help combat um, the post-traumatic stress and the traumatic brain injuries that a lot of veterans are suffering from, which, far too often lead to the ultimate horrific aspect of the 22 veterans it was a day i heard somebody I, i've been hearing a narrative come out i was like oh well we're down to 17 a day i'm like that's from attrition you got to run out eventually one day it'll be zero day because we'll be all gone i that's i you know i'm not buying that number as a positive uh they're gonna have to prove a lot more to us before that and then we're just doing we're, we're doing it our way just to try to take care of ourselves take care of our own well, and I think, I think there's something to that. The fact that it's gone down a little bit, that attrition, you know, maybe air quotes, attrition, um, yep. the fact that we haven't had any real active duty things going on overseas. Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, that, but when that picks back up, cause I'm pretty sure it's going to, when that picks back up, we, why wait for it to go down when we can continue to, to build something in and put things in place that, are more preventative moving forward as well. Absolutely. Well, if you look back in our history, all, all medical science, especially trauma uh, medicine, the learning curve goes vertical in time of war because they have all these opportunities, all these doc, uh, medical professionals have all these opportunities to practice and learn and, you know, through the horrors of war. But we've never until recently, now that this is the first time there's ever been a collective effort to, Let's why don't why don't we turn the, the the learning curve vertical on mental health with respect to the, those the, the invisible wounds of war, and I feel like this is the first time we're actually trying to do that. You know, we're not just calling a guy shell shocked or whatever. You know, we're we're actually treating us. And here's the beautiful thing about that: for every negative, there's a positive. The negative aspect of war and all that 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 the physical trauma that they have dealt with and they've learned so much from, you know, that's the benefit. So the civilian world, the rest of the world benefits from all that uh, improvement in medical science. And uh, well, we're, the same thing applies with the mental health. So, you know, anything that we learn, well, veterans, 
don't even come close to having a monopoly on post-traumatic stress. I mean, you know, there are so many people walking this planet right now that are suffering from post-traumatic stress. Most of them don't even realize they are, you know, it could be a sexual assault victim. It could be somebody who just had a shitty childhood with a horrible father figure, which, you know, I don't know if we just tied this whole program into, you know, full circle there. Um, but, you know, when, if we focus on improving the, the mental health, the lives of these veterans that are struggling with post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injury. Um, it just obviously stands to reason that the rest of the world will, will benefit from it as well. Yeah. That's a really cool way to, to think about it. And, and it's, it, you know, you think about that, think about the, um, the advancements made during wartime. It's, it's incredible because you're faced with a lot of trauma, a lot of trials and uh, you get to practice and figure things out. So it's kind of a, upside to a really horrific situation. Um, right. Yeah. So the warrior 110, year two, you're going to do it again. Oh yeah. It's a regular thing. Now. I mean, as long as I can, and hopefully, you know, we had guys join us this year, guys and gals join us along the way for part and parcel of it, especially the last, we had a really good crew, the last 10 mile trek um, where we started the Memorial in front of camp Atterbury, Indiana, which is just 10 miles South of Franklin, Indiana, where we culminate at the mint for our finish our, our, Hey, we made it party where we commenced to drinking too many adult beverages. Um, I don't know if that's a thing. Um, but, uh, so we had a lot of people join us for that. And then the after party was a nice showing again. Um, and we raised quite a few thousand dollars. I we are, we are a 501c3 now. We got our, the first time we, I mean, we did a, a less than three week turnaround from conception to, to knocking it out the first year. So we didn't have time to create a 501c3. So we didn't want to touch any funding whatsoever. So we redirected everybody to a veterans organization based out of Indianapolis and said, donate directly there if you want to donate some money. This year, we took on. We, we, we had the function or the capability of taking on those donations. So it was easier to get it and, and process it. And then we pledged to send a, a couple veterans through. Obviously, we're going to take we're going to put that money in the bank. We're going to hold on to it for different events, different things to raise awareness. And uh, and we kind of started a new thing. I'll get into that in a second. Uh, it's really big. But we also pledged to send um, a couple veterans through the Brian Bill Foundation's programs uh, down in Florida. They are a veteran service organization. It's named after Brian Bill, who's a former uh, Navy SEAL uh, development group, SEAL Team 6 guy. His father started it, uh, Scott Bill, and his stepmother. They both run it, Jennifer. Uh, they're amazing people. I actually had the honor and privilege of going through one of their programs. But what they do is they get veterans working with horses, equine therapy. And they do that. And then they do eye rest. They do meditation. They do yoga. They do all these programs. It's amazing. I was a little... I don't know if I want to do this, you know, and I, yeah, and, and I'm so glad I went. It was amazing. I met some great people there. Uh, they're doing good things for vets who are struggling with those uh, post-traumatic stress, TBI, things of that nature. So we're going to, we're going to take some of that funding. It isn't, it isn't cheap to send guys through a program like that. There's a lot of moving parts, a lot of costs involved, especially when it comes to horses, this ranch they run. So, we raised some money. We're happy. We're going to sit as soon as they can start their programs back up. COVID's knocked them off track right now. Uh, so we've got that money sitting. It's in the account ready to, you know, we're going to sponsor a couple guys to go through that. And that's going to be awesome for, um, but uh, and, you know, I can't say enough good things about those people. We feel, we know that when we, when we, we transfer those funds to those people that that money where they're going to be good stewards of that money and they're going to do good things for vets with that money. So 
That's awesome. And I also want to give a shout out to JC Wagaman. Wagaman. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. So JC, JC has, has a, a business, an insurance business, and he actually yep. gives back. And so he partnered with you. Yes, you did. I think took a percentage of what you owned and matched it or what you gathered and matched it or something to that nature. I don't know. Actually, he takes a percentage off the top of his company's total net revenue before he pays a bill, pays a tax, anything. He takes that hard number and he donates that percentage uh, to different charities. Uh, He picks a different charity all the time. Uh, Choose on a monthly basis. He did a two month block for us. It was huge. It wrote us a big fat check. If you, uh, go to my social media and you see me grinning with a big check in hand with him, you know, uh, and we had one of our other um, board members who I do jujitsu with, who's been a great coach to me over there is Jason Ramey. Uh, He was there with us as well. He's in on the program. We're going to start doing. So what we've done um, is, so there's two gentlemen I want to mention that serve on the board of directors for the warrior 110, Jason Ramey and Aaron Johnson. Aaron Johnson's a legendary grappling guy. He's a black belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And he has an organization called Indiana combat grappling. And he coaches jiu-jitsu and wrestling from grown old men like me all the way down to young kids and wrestling and, you know, in elementary and high school levels. Uh, He's still active duty in the army with the Indiana army national guard, amazing guy. And then I've got Jason Ramey, who is a, an incredibly experienced, I, I've learned more from him than probably anybody in jujitsu. If you add the collective time I've spent with him, he is a brown belt. Uh, and he, um, he is a former fire chief. He's with the fire department as a training officer over here. And, and he, a real good steward of his community serves on his town council and everything. And he, he runs that, this gym. So he has always run our Franklin jujitsu club. And, and Aaron has said, well, we merged the two and I with the warrior one ten got a facility and we put them all under one building. And now we're getting vets in to do jujitsu therapy, if you will, because we're getting got veterans that need, you know, this jujitsu does an amazing thing for my mental health. It does a lot. We've got a lot of veterans in there, a lot of cops and firefighters too. And uh, so we, um, Jason's going to walk point on it. We're going to do a monthly seminar, an introductory to jujitsu for, uh, for guys that are currently serving. And uh, when I say guys, I mean, guys and gals, it's a yeah. sex word there. Yeah. Um, but I always say guys, uh, even when I'm talking about girls. So um, getting those that are currently serving and those that are veteran in and, and, and to see what we're doing and see, see the benefits to it. You know, and a lot of times it's just having a mission in life again. And it's about being with the, you know, that team camaraderie, cause we are a team in there. And, uh, and for me, it's huge. Cause you know, being this long in the tooth, you know, I'm 48 years old. This isn't usually something guys my age get into and whatnot, but um, you know, I did the boxing and I did some different things over my years. I did, you know, all these different things. So I got into jujitsu a couple of years ago because it's brand new to me. So it's like to be at this point in my age to find something brand new that I could sink my teeth into to learn, um, to start from scratch, if you will. You know, that's been invaluable to me. And like I said, I've learned so much from these guys. Um, I've competed a couple times, and I just had the honor. We talk about the. the you know, the brotherhood of fatherhood. I competed a couple of weeks ago in a big jujitsu tournament, the Indiana state championship, the Fuji uh, championship, and my 20 year old competed in the same tournament. So there's a 28 year span there. And we both medaled. We both, so we got a picture of us both holding our medals up. You know, I mean, that was a, I mean, I couldn't fathom a better father, son, uh, uh, you know, experience than I had with Joseph that day. It was amazing. That's incredible. And I'm so glad you brought it up. So first of all, I want to, I want to say that 
getting um, vets in that may need some help dealing with things, but getting them active and in something structured like that is probably like outside of medication is probably the best thing in the world you could do for them. It's probably mm. better than medic. I would argue yeah, it's better would, than medication. Yeah. Um, the problem, I, I don't mean to derail you, but the problem with these meds, all these meds, these legal meds out there now they have a place and they, they, they absolutely do, but they are supposed to be a bridge to get you from here to here. And then you're supposed to get off them. The problem is they're just prescribing them. And it's like, what? So I'm on these for the rest of my life. There's no in-state, there's no plan to get off them. I got sucked into those things and you, 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 you're, you're raised to, you listen to your doctor. They know better. And here I am a couple few years in, I'm worse off and I'm still on these things. And it just, it took me one day. I just flushed them. I flushed every, I probably flushed a few thousand dollars worth of street cred down there. I had, I flushed them. I got off them. I don't recommend that to people. That was a rough two weeks, but that's what I had to do. Um, and, you know, I got off those things. I've never looked back. Um, those things are supposed to be a bridge. If you go to it, if you're struggling with anything like anxiety, depression, post-traumatic, anything, like, and you go to a doctor and they're like, okay, we want to get you on some, some mood altering, uh, altering um, pharmaceuticals. That's all fine and good. And that's okay. But if they don't meet, if they're not detailing and talking to you about the, pl the plan to implement it, and then the plan to get off them, get a new doctor. Some of these doctors need to be prosecuted. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So I was on a um, pretty light, well, it started out as heavy dose, but it was literally treated like this is a lifetime thing for you, Scott, you, you know, here, boom, stamp on your forehead. You're going to be taking this. I started that like at 20, in my twenties, uh, about four months ago, no, about a year ago, I decided I've been trying for years to wean off and nobody knows how to wean you off. These aren't like the way that you just dumped them. Like that's going to put you in massive overload for a couple of weeks. Like you said, so oh, it was, I was, I, I, I joke, I was nips up on the couch for two oh, weeks, man. Yeah, I was, yeah. People I had to though. People didn't know. Doctors didn't know that I talked to, I needed to go to a better one, but they didn't know how to wean me off. So I did my own research and did it myself. It took mm -hmm. about three to four months of like, just like reducing, 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 because your brain adjusts this. Yeah. Since then, I've been off for like three months. Since then, my mood has been more stable. I am happier. <laughs> and I you, um, don't, I sleep. I sleep. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't sleeping yeah. for years. You did it the smart way. I did it the Mongo smash way. But I, to know thy own self be true. I know my personality and how I, you know, I do, I, you know, it's why I jumped out of airplanes in the military. I got to jump all in. There ain't no going back. I can't, Oh, you know, I changed my mind and go back in the bird. I'm out. I'm done. Deal with it. Um, we'll see what the ground below has, uh, to, to offer me. Um, that's my personality. That's how I had to do it. I can't baby step into things. I got to go in whole hog, you know, um, uh, my wife once said years ago that I'm like a masochistic overachiever. I just throw myself into horrible challenges and somehow I make it back. You know, I, you know, I, I jump off the deep end and teach myself to swim by getting back. And if I don't teach myself, I guess I'm not coming back. So, uh, that's my personality. I don't recommend that. Um, I would, I would really encourage people to find a doctor that can help them with that process that has that, you know, it is a bridge. Got to get off the bridge eventually the end state. Um, uh, there's a lot of holistic medicine out there. There's a lot of talk of cannabis use and everything. Uh, there's a lot of value in that. I, I, I am a proponent in, in veterans are struggling with post-traumatic stress, having the opportunity to use can. I personally don't have 
a desire myself and I'm doing really good with the methods I've employed, like through jujitsu, through working out. Um, and, you know, so that's working for me, but I think we need to explore all these opportunities and, you know, I'm a bar owner. I have, I've had to break up a lot of fights and I've had to uh, throw quite a few people out and ask them not to come back because they got really drunk to start a fight. I have never had to do the same thing for somebody that's high off marijuana. So, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. who knows? I mean, yeah. I, I'm not an expert on that stuff. I just, I think there's absolutely a conversation that needs to be continued to be had with that. And especially with the CBD products, the, the without the THC in it, uh, that's that's proven that my, to me at this point. I've taken CBD in the past, uh, currently not right now, but there's absolutely value in that. So anyway, that's uh, something that uh, should be continued to discuss with doctors as well. Yeah, and I think there's a, just a, as a caveat, I think there's a, a, amazing doctors out there that would agree with you in a lockstep with, you know, getting people on, this is a bridge. It's important for some people to get them through in a time, but then there's a time to like, there has to be a plan. So let's go back to, let's go back to jujitsu because it's been intriguing me because I know a lot of men that do it and they love it. And then I look at pictures of it and I'm like, I just don't get it. And I, yeah. I think I actually do get it. I actually, I, I'm pretty sure I do, but I want to hear it from you. Well, it's the mental challenge. It's not just a physical challenge. It's far more of a mental challenge than it is a physical challenge. And I'm not talking about the aspect, which is absolutely part of it, the, the mental challenge of, you know, having the nuts to do it in the first place, if you will, for lack of a better description, you know, the courage to get out there. Because when you start, I don't care who I've done a lot of combatives in my lifetime. I like every single other person that ever started jujitsu brand new got I got my ass I still do. Um, oh, the first three months were just, uh, you don't know what you do. You're just drowning. You feel like you're drowning. You know, you're just looking for air. You have no clue. You are lost in the sauce. Um, you got to get through that first three months. But the, the, the mental part that intrigued me the most is, I mean, there's just, just watch some physically unintimidating little guy absolutely manipulate and control some jack guy. Um, with with ease and just the calm demeanor uh in the process of doing it where the where the, the big jack guy is just he's huffing and puffing and trying to do everything and the other guys just whoop, 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 whoop. and next thing you know that the, the big guy's tapping out because he's in the fifth millennium of pain it's like how in the world is this guy doing that and it, it there is it is it is if there is chess equivalent in martial arts, it is absolutely jujitsu. It's amazing. You know, here I am at my age and I'm just I am back to ground zero. I've been doing it for a little over a year. I'm back to ground zero with this. I know nothing. Uh, and it just and I, every day I'm a sponge. And I, you know, especially those first three months, I, you know, I felt like I was drinking from the fire hose, man. I just you know, I, was, I couldn't I couldn't digest it all. And I still feel that way in a large part. I mean, just when you think, you know, something and you're getting good and then you get shown you're not. I mean, it's just it's it's amazing. Um, and the 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 process of doing that is is so good for your mental health because it gives you something constructive. It gives you you're working on something. You have you have timelines, you have goals, you know, hey, I got to go to the gym this, 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 this time this week. Um, it's the structure. Um and then and the, the mental challenge of learning all this stuff. It's just like when I'm not in there, you know, I, you know, I'll go down the rabbit hole and I'll look, I was like, holy crap, it's been two hours. I'm on YouTube watching jujitsu techniques, you know, and I'm like, 
man, I need to get a life. But you know what? I, I, I have a life and this is good stuff. And I got all four of my kids do it. Um, my oldest, who's, you know, grown man, he's almost 20. He'll be 23 here shortly. Uh, he does it when he can work. And he's, he's also, uh, he's, he's in uh, the airborne unit in Indiana, the in the national guard. Uh, so he's getting ready to go to jump school here, uh, in a few months. And then my youngest, or excuse me, my next, my 20 year old, who I did that jujitsu tournament with, who, who lives in my gym with me, you know, he's, he's in there all the time. He's a gym rat with me. Um, uh, he's the best roommate I've ever had. Um, he, uh, he's getting ready. He's going to MEPS tomorrow night. So he's going to join the same unit. So that would be four members of my family in the same unit. I served in that unit for a while. My brother served in that unit. My son, my oldest son's in it. And then my, and then my second oldest. So Dom's in it now. Joseph will be in it. Um, assuming everything goes well through MEPS and everything. And, uh, but he does jujitsu. And then I've got my 12 year old son, Marco. And I got my 10 year old daughter, who's Sophia, who's the only one of my children. I'm actually probably a little afraid of. Uh, she's out there. They're getting it done. They're, they're doing jujitsu because we teach kids classes and they're on Saturdays and they're loving it, man. I mean, my daughter dropped dance class for jujitsu. So how badass is that? Well, it is, it is because you know, she's going to be able to handle her own defensively uh, whenever needed. If she sticks with it long enough to get those core tenants down, because it's not about yep. strength. It's about brains and movement mm -hmm. and, and outsmarting is what I, what it looks like to me. And, um, you about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, and that's something you mentioned, and I, I will say over and over and over again, like you need to be in an uncomfortable place because that's where you grow. Mm -hmm. I think jujitsu, what I've noticed is a lot of leaders, a lot of leader men's men do jujitsu. And I, I think mm -hmm. it's literally, I don't know if they're drawn to jujitsu or jujitsu draws leadership out of them, or if it's probably a two-way road, I would guess it's probably a two-way, you know, medium somewhere in between but that's one of the things that i've been really drawn to is like i i watch and listen to a lot of men who have who have very strong leadership roles they are people that i would follow and i'm like they're doing jujitsu like it's mm -hmm. just a common thing and their kids are doing jujitsu like i know um one of my guests alex jowdy was on here not too long ago he's got five kids he, his wife and his five kids all do jujitsu. It's a, like a family thing. And it's like, they never miss it. And they got like, I think from three years old, you know? Yeah. And I think that's just a really cool family thing. If you're not forcing it, obviously, and they want yeah. to do it, but it sounds like your daughter loves it. Yeah. Your boys love it. So she's been bringing her, uh, she's been bringing her little, her, her little BFF with her to class. And she's been, she's been learning a little bit and, um, one of our senior purple belts runs that class under Aaron Johnson, uh, Brett Bass. He brings his daughter in and he does a really good job because, you know, attention spans with kids are, I mean, they're not, well, I, adults aren't much better, but um, they're not super long. So we do, we do, he teaches some techniques and stuff and I help him out. And, uh, you know, I'm doing more to help herd the feral cats and anything. Um, and then, uh, you know, then we, stop doing that and we do something silly like simon says or duck duck goose or something so this they did what the younger ones so they just continue to it, it, if you make it a chore they're not going to want to do it It has to be fun got to make it fun we got to make them want to come to it and uh you can say that about adults too we just find our pleasure different ways agreed agreed uh it's the same when i taught crossfit youth and crossfit kids if you, you make it mm -hmm. fun and you throw some things in there they don't even know they're working out and then they beg you yeah. every day so uh you own a business, you do consulting, you mm -hmm. have this 
you you have a nonprofit that you are deeply vested in. You're into Br- Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I believe it's Br- Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It's yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I mean, and you're a father of four. So let's talk about this myth called balance because there's no way you can do all that. That's thing. Balance, right? Right. I, I I would equate it's not balance. It's uh it's it's doing something that you, a lot of times you're you're you you seem completely off balance. Yet you're you're you somehow miraculously are able to do it. And it's called juggling. You know you got to get good at juggling. You got to throw a lot of balls in the air, and uh, and you got to juggle them. You know and 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 I, I that's not so much. You you may look awful in the process of successfully juggling with your hands. Your feet will probably look quite off balance. You know. And, uh, and that's a proactive movement. It's a flow. You're constantly going. And, um, and that's really, it, it harnesses my personality. Well, is I'm, I'm one of those guys. If you give me one single solitary thing to do in my life, I, I, I uh, you know, I'll probably get it done eventually, you know? Uh, and, uh, but if you give me six things to do, I will do all of them. And half the time of the next guy with twice the results, um, Cause I, you know, I'll, I'll be 110% in one, hundred percent. And then I'll go, when I get to a stopping point there and I move to the next one and I move to that, people talk about, you know, you study better in school when you, you take breaks, you know, to get your mind off it for a minute and recharge. Well, I don't take my breaks are focused on another chore. You know, I just jump around. I'm, I'm in the middle of doing a massive remodel on my house too. So, um, yeah, I just, I'm always throwing something in the mix. got to stay, you know, there was that old adage, idle hands are the devil's tool. You know, I, I just try to stay really, really busy. I, I go nuts. Just I, I, that feeling I get mad when I get anxiety anymore. I, it's usually cause it's 10 o'clock and I haven't done shit in my day yet. I'm like, oh, I gotta be doing something. I need to get out. I gotta, you know, I've been working with a, um, doing some uh with a uh liquor distribution here in indiana helping there and 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 that's grown into something for me and uh and i've just spent a lot of time with that lately and i love it because it's got me back out i'm traveling all over indiana you know and wandering indiana so that's been fun too but uh then i'm multitasking you know at at worst case scenario when i'm driving i've got you know maybe i've got your podcast going on my on my on my smartphone or something, you know, just always doing something. Uh, there was a gentleman, a, a leadership and sales training guy. Uh, you may have heard of him, Brian Tracy. He said something one time. I mean, I was listening to his audio tapes back when they were cassette tapes in my pickup. Um, he said, you know, music is chewing gum for the brain. Now it's great. Once in a while, it tastes great, has great flavor, but there's no nutritional value. You know, and I mean, I could argue with the arts that there is some, some nutritional value for that, but he's like, you're, if you're, especially somebody, if you're in your vehicle, uh, you should be listening to audio books and training books and self-help, but all that stuff. I mean, you have all this time to digest all this material. Why are you not using it? You know, and it, when he said, you know, chewing gum is, 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 or excuse me, music is chewing gum for the brain. Listen to something with some nutritional value. I, you know, man, that was over 20 years ago. I, I, I heard him say that and I've been practicing that for years now. So you and I are kind of cut a little bit from the same cloth. Uh, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm doing a lot. I, I hate just sitting and watching TV. I do it because my family does it and they want me there. That's how I fall asleep. Oh my goodness. Um, and I'm usually doing a, a lot of, a lot of different projects. It, that, fuels me but i also have to have balance in that i'm doing something physical or i get crazy like just being physical doing all the things i'm doing whether it's a project around the house or one business or another business or the three podcasts i do or whatever it is 
I still have to do, go and do something yeah. physical. And, um, and you know, it's, I think it's probably hard for some of the listeners to hear two guys talk about nonstop work or what, whatever it is that we're doing. But for us, I, like I get zero pleasure stopping and playing a video game. And a lot of men can play video games all day. And I, I have zero ability to relate to that. zero ability yeah. to, relate to that. I'm I, like, I'm with I don't you. understand, but I think it's just, I don't think it's wrong. I think it's just the no. way we're wired. Yeah. hundred um, percent. Yeah. How we live our lives like that, that that's, that's not a right or a wrong. That's just a boy or a girl. They're both great. They're just different. Um, so you just got to figure out what works for you. Um, like I got some little brain numbingly stupid video games on my phone that I'll pull out and play once in a while for when I need a five year, a five minute, just decompression, clear my mental mechanism. You know, uh, usually my kids download them and then they lose interest immediately and I get addicted to them. Um, so, but you know, it's like, you know, but that, that also falls in line with, you know, you do what you love for a living. You'll never work a day in your life. And then, um, what was it? Ben Franklin said, um, Time, he for Ben Franklin said time is money. Well, I think he was on to something. He's about half right. <clears throat> Time's worth an infinite amount more than money because you are unlimited on how much money you can make and lose a day. You can win the lottery and you could, you know, lose all your money in the stock market. You know, there's two examples of one extreme to the other, but you've got 24 to do it in and eight are generally business, you know, get after it, you know, um, right. you know, and, and it's like, you, the only person you should be in competition with is yourself. But at the same time, let's face it, that's not reality because, you know, it, you are competing in, 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 in whatever you're doing with somebody else, especially in business. And if you're not moving forward, somebody's catching up or passing you up because you're, you're stagnant. You got to keep moving. You, uh, you know, I mean, you get all sleepy and when you're dead. Um you know, get up and do something. So, uh, uh, I've been getting a real, I, you know, I, I always cursed it when I had to do it, especially in the military. And now that I don't have to do it, I, I am the master of my own scheduled day and domain getting up early. I'm up between, you know, at the latest I'm up at seven, you know, I actually slept a little bit past seven 30 today, uh, which was, that's cause I got to bed at around three. Um, I usually go, I, I never, close my eyes before midnight. Um, I, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm usually up between five and seven every day. Um, there's just, if you don't have shit to do, find something to do, be productive, you know, so, get into something. Yeah. You may have seen recently I'm on this Buffalo kick. And, um, so, you know, story, I heard this like three years ago at a conference. You remember those before COVID at this conference, it was like 20,000 people. And this guy came out and he's like, talking about being a Buffalo. He's like, we have a choice. We can be a Buffalo or, or a, a cat or cattle. When a storm is coming over the mountain, because the way that they break yep. in that area, um, the Buffalo will see it and they will run straight for it. Mm -hmm. They know that by running through it, they're going to reduce their pain level. They're going to reduce mm -hmm. the time of exposure and they're going to get through it to the other side, which is beautiful. Um, yep. Buffalo, or I mean, cattle will actually move away from the cloud and spend so much more time in there. And I kind of equate that to a lot of way men operate. Yeah. And I, they get comfortable in the cloud and they, it's another story I tell about you go into the bathroom, you're in, the, you, you walk in, you're like, oh, oh, I did not need to smell that. You walk mm -hmm. in, you're doing your business and you're like mm -hmm. walking out and the next guy comes in, he's like, oh, and you, you haven't smelled anymore. I think we have a lot mm -hmm. of men that are cattle 
who have been mm-hmm. walking in the rain, walking in the storm, getting pummeled by pain, thinking it's normal, thinking that yeah. the way that they live is normal. And here and they've become numb to it. Yeah. I say we be Buffalo, we run through it and we find the other side, but it's that, that idea of you're continually growing. You're continually sitting outside of comfort because that's what pushes us to grow. And that's what gets us to the next spot. That's why I think jujitsu is amazing. I don't think you arrive in jujitsu. <laughs> I, it, it, no, I don't, you never stop learning. They say you, they, that you actually start learning once you become a black belt. And the unique thing about jujitsu you're not seeing I don't care if you're in the gym three or to five times a week, you're not seeing a black belt for a decade. Right. It's not happening. Um, they just do not give those things away. It's, it's about, you know, what, what, you know, and time you've put in. I mean, they're, they're very strict about that. Um, which puts value in the achievement, which is awesome. Um, and, and that's why I like, but the, in putting myself, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a disabled vet, you know, uh, I've got a lot of prolonged issues, physically injuries and shit like that. Um, that, so on paper, I should not be doing jujitsu, you know, uh, but man, the, the mental health advantage I get from that and how I, man, when I, when, when I came out of that tournament, I mean, just, and the win was not winning for me. The win is showing the hell up you know, being willing to do that, you know, and, and to be a part, it, you really, it, it, it's, you're brought down, it looks like an individual achievement and it's anything but that. I was representing every single guy in that gym that outranks me, that's been doing it longer than me, uh, who, because it's, there's a teaching culture in jujitsu where everybody teaches, everybody who outranks somebody teaches, teaches everybody up. You learn from each other. So the, the guys that, that, especially the primary instructors of our black belt, Jay, and, and, and then our black belt, Aaron, and then I mentioned Jason and all these guys, I owe so much to these guys because all that was them. I could have never done that without them. You're not, you know, uh, they, I, everything I did that day, I learned from one of them and that's with the Buffalo as well. Um, when you talk about the Buffalo, that is a learned response when you run straight into the, to the, you know, that's our instincts tell us to run from it, but we've learned from people that came before us. If you run into it, you know, the, it, you, the results are better. It's not, a, it's not as painful. Uh, it's the same thing with it, you know, as a drill sergeant, you know, Fort Benning, Georgia infantry, you know, react to an ambush. You, everybody, you, you think you flank this way, you flank that way, or you go backwards, you retreat. And the right response to any ambush is violence of action. You go, you fight straight through it. You always, you, you, you go towards fire, which instinctively the fire, you think, no, I need to go away from that. No, you, you lay down a heavy suppressive amount of fire and you, you attack through the ambush. That is the best way to react to an ambush. And that's exactly what that Buffalo uh, herd's doing. They're attacking the ambush of that storm. Yeah. There's been battles won. Um, There's some pretty incredible stories. One is Joshua Chamberlain um, previous to, or part of Gettysburg. And he and his, um, his group of men, battalion, whatever they are, were out of ammo. They were, and they're sitting on top and they, they were told, do not let the enemy break this line, no matter what. They were out of ammo. They were outnumbered like crazy. And as the story goes, he actually got shot. It hit him in the belt buckle. He lived. And he, so they're out of ammo and everyone's looking at him. What do we do? And I'm not going to do this story justice. If you want to hear the story, it's incredible. Andy Andrews, Joshua Chamberlain on YouTube. He tells it amazingly, but he's like, he's like charge. And everyone's like, look, they're like, what? He's like, 
charge and he yells, he stands up and he yells and he just goes running with all his might and all his, his screaming and all these guys, like, a, you know, not many of them compared to the enemy start running down and mm-hmm. they, they fled and surrendered and they actually fortified like history would be completely different if they had not done that. And they had no ammo. They had no artillery. They're just mm-hmm. running down and it had nothing to do with their, their force by, um, by armament. It had everything to do with their force by mm-hmm. I'm running into this thing and I'm going to do it no matter what. And I think mm-hmm. that's, that's what, man, I believe that's what makes a man, a man. Attitude over aptitude. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I was also thinking of another analogy. It's erosion. Like, you know, um, water will carve through and carve through and carve through and go deeper and deeper and deeper. But when it hits bedrock, it stops. I mean, it goes, it, but, but I almost feel like our lives are like us being eroded. We got to get rid of all the crap through trial to mm-hmm. where we become strong and we become stoic and we understand how to handle things in a very um, pragmatic way in which we can function at a much higher level. So we need to put ourselves in positions. I believe as men, we should put ourselves in positions to be challenged, to lose, to um, be whooped, whatever it is. And, it, yep. uh, and so I, I, I will join a jiu-jitsu gym. There's just no way around it. You, you got to, man. I, I, I promise you, uh, you will shortly thereafter be like, man, this is amazing. You're right. And uh, it won't be an I told you so moment. It'll be me having cha- shared a great personal experience in my life with somebody else who adopted it and had a great personal experience as well, which that's, you know, it's just, I mean, man, I didn't start until I was in my late forties. So um, I mean, I did other things, but not, not this. Um, so, you know, that to me is becoming a value because, you know, you talked about, you know, put ourselves in hard situations versus, you know, I got into a point, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, we've talked about it and I, I, I openly discuss, you know, I struggled with some post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injury, stuff like that um, for years. And, you know, luckily I, in, in, in all capital letters in bold luck, I found my way through it uh, really predominantly on my own. That's why it was very lucky. And now, you know, I'm trying to reach back and pull other people through. That's why I do everything with the warrior 110. Um, but um I got down into that. Oh, I was five years ago. I was worthless. And, you know, especially if you grade me on a scale my whole life, I was always the guy that tried to do more. I was always the guy that tried to be, you know, in great shape and do, do the things that most people wouldn't even try. That was just kind of my goal in life. Um, and then I got in a bad way. I got overweight. I, you know, it didn't help. I owned an Italian restaurant at the time. I go in there every day. Oh, you know what? Today I'm going to eat salmon and spinach. Now, oh, look at the meatballs every freaking day. Um, so, but I got out of shape. I was drinking way too much. You know, drinking's not bad. Alcohol is not bad. It's how you use it is bad. Quit blaming the inanimate object for your bullshit behavior and take accountability in your actions. I took accountability in my actions and I, you know, I fixed my shit. You know, I, I, I flushed those meds. I went on a four day fast, coffee, water, black coffee, water. That's all I had for four days. And then I went to small, one small protein meal a day. That was it. Like three eggs, uh, which is not a lot. I'll eat 12 eggs. That's not a lot of food for me. Uh, I did that for about, th- it culminated into 30 days. I dropped 27 pounds 
And then I stayed with that same format of eating no carbs, no sugar, protein meal uh, for another two months to culminate in three months. The only thing I'd change is I'd, I'd eat as much as I wanted. I'd have a big meal uh, once a day. And I dropped, uh, you know, about 45 pounds total in three months was working out again. I was back. I was back to being who I was both physically and mentally. And I firmly don't believe, I, I firmly believe that you can't have, you, even if you think you are, you're not maximizing your, your, your mental health in the best way. If you're not physically healthy, I think it negatively affects you mentally. Um, so you, you know, that was an important thing. So I, t and, and I couldn't control per se, my mental health right out of the gate, but I could control my physical health. I, I took all my, actually all my injuries, all my, 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 all my bullshit, my injuries and this and that and that and this. And I just said, what the hell ever. And I just dove into it, you know, cause it was now or never. I mean, I was in, you know, I'm in my, you know, mid to late forties at the time, mid forties at the time. And, you know, it's only going to get harder as time goes by, you know? And so I, I, you know, somehow or another luckily was able to reach down and, and dig deep and I was able to do that and I pulled myself out. So now I, you know, I should, and I, I'm constantly trying to find those new challenges. I need that new challenge. And that's what led me to jujitsu. I was talking to a really good friend of mine. Uh, we know each other from the football alumni from Franklin college, the Grizzly, you know, he's a legend there. And I was, I was a player there at one point. Um, Jay Hutsunger, who's a, a black belt in jujitsu. And he's like, man, you need to come in here. Cause I started boxing again. And well, with my TBI and stuff, getting hit in the head anymore is not, not real smart. Uh, you know, I, I'm probably one or two shots away from drooling in a Dixie cup the rest of my life. So I, I need to save those shots for when I need them. Um, so um, he's like, why don't you come try this jujitsu and you just come check it out. So I showed up. I, I proceeded to get my ass just handed to me. Just, just, I, I mean, I felt completely helpless. I mean, it was amazing for all the shit I've done to, to go in there and feel that just helpless. Uh, just like you're drowning in water the whole time. I, some people run from it. I immediately loved it. And I, I've been, I, I've been, it's been my passion since that day. Um, you know, I, I just can't say how much I owe those guys like Jay and Jason and, and Aaron and all these guys, you know, I can't even list them all. Um, I don't think they know how maybe they do, but I don't think they know how much uh, just admiration and uh, and gratitude I have for what they've shared with me in that gym. And, you know, that I will, as I progress, turn around and do the same thing. Um but that was, I had to put myself in a difficult situation. So now I can sit back and relax a little bit and, you know, enjoy maybe a good bourbon and a cigar and, 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 and not feel, not get the massive anxiety. Like, Oh, I gotta be doing this. I gotta do something. Cause I know I'm going to go into gym tomorrow at 1130 and get my ass handed to me, you know? And, and that's, that's, I, I, it, it's, it's almost, there's, I have some difficulty in articulating why that's so important you know, how that's so good for me. Uh, and I think good for anybody, you know, to challenge. It, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be jujitsu, find a CrossFit gym, find a regular gym, you know, that just pushes heavy shit around, you know, start running, pick, pick I, you know, pick something that requires you to dig deep. It, it, it makes you uncomfortable, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. You're never going to be successful in this life. If you don't challenge yourself and you don't put yourself in physical and mental uncomfortable positions. It's just not going to happen. 
Absolutely. <laughs> like as hell yeah, as I can give you. Um, you know, you, you mentioned CrossFit. And I, when you were explaining jujitsu, I'm kind of like, it's the same thing. You're like mutually suffering. And mm -hmm. CrossFit shouldn't be that way really for the train, training modality. But there's also this like this inner part of us that wants to be doing something hard with other people. Yeah. And, and I think life is not easy. So if you don't train to embrace the hard, when the hard stuff comes, you're going to melt and you're going to be a pile of nothing that's worthless. And you're not going to know how to handle it. And it's going to beat you down and beat you down until the, that just becomes your norm. So I think things like jujitsu and CrossFit mm -hmm. and these um, tribal type activities that we do mm -hmm. are just sharpening our saws to handle the stuff that comes at us. Human, being, human beings are not supposed to be solitary animals. We are pack animals. And when I thrive, even, you know, I don't have to be the hub of the wheel, the spoke of the wheel, the rim of the wheel. As long as I'm on the winning wheel, I'm happy. So I could be the lowest ranking guy in, in the military to where, where I was when I retired, whatever. In an organization, I could be the CEO, head, grand poobah owner, or I could be, you know, uh, the bottom of the wrong sales guy, whatever. It doesn't matter as long as I'm on the winning wheel is, is what's important to me and being a part of a team. And that's what I, that's really what I was missing. Uh, that was a big ingredient. And I get that from being, you know, I call those guys, everybody I roll with. That's my team. That's my tribe. Um, uh, in, 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 and then in business, you know, I, I try to surround myself with with great people. And it's not just the tangibles. Can you do your job? You know, I also look for people that intangible. Do I want to be around this person? Because you are who you hang out with, whether it be at work or in, in, in a social environment or in the gym. You are the people that you surround yourself. You will acclimate to your environment. So put yourself in a phenomenal environment and quit hanging out with shitty people. That's an easy, the easiest step towards self-improvement is quit hanging out with people that suck. Hang out with people that challenge you. Hang out with people that make you think. I hate sitting down. Well, I don't hate it. But, you know, I get bored with sitting down with somebody, let's say, and I don't like talking politics, especially in public, but sitting down with somebody who we're in lockstep in our political views. And this is just one example. I like sitting down with somebody I probably disagree with 90% of what they think, and they probably disagree with 90% of what I think, but as long as we can both act like decent human beings and adults and have a freaking conversation about it, um, you know, I love those conversations. Challenge me. Make me change my mind. Give me some facts that change me, change my mind. But, you know, that's not easy. Uh, I, I just surround yourself with good people. It's the biggest thing you could do. Well, and I even when I, I've been, because I'm old, you know, I've had some injuries over the last year or so where I've popped out of training because I had to, my back or my, you know, break my finger, you know, stupid shit. I still would go in the gym. And just be watch people. Yeah. Just being in the environment, man. It's yep. a winning environment. You and know? this is something that I think we're messing up is um, where parents are messing up. So we're going to wrap this up soon. But yes, sir. When kids, are coddled through trials. I mean, it's hard. I'm going to, I'm going to admit, like I watch my boys and they hit something that they're struggling. Someone's picking on them or being a jerk, or they're not doing well at something. It's hard not to run in and just say, Hey man, I'm sorry. But like the best thing we can do is give them tools to work through it, but not mm -hmm. protect them mm -hmm. from pain and not protect them from because we're talking here about running into the mm. storm and yet we're saying, Oh, but I'm going to just shield my, my little Johnny all the way through it. And right. I think as a society, we're really 
really ending up with a really bad outcome from that. Um, from well, there's some parallels in education, for, formal education right now. Um, our teachers have their arms tied behind their backs with all these these the stupid stuff that is being pushed down to them, dictating how they teach our kids. And they're not allowed to teach our kids to think they teach our kids to, to, to just memorize this shit, you know, but you know, you're talking about, so instead of jumping in and just here, this is what you do. Uh, or here, let me do this for you. You, you, you're fixing the problem. You, you, you teach the child to think their way through that problem. You know, and I think, and that's, that's the big thing because that's a life lesson in the whole, they're not going to memorize all, I don't mem- I don't know, I don't remember 99% of the shit I learned in school, you know, but, you know, I had some, I had some not so good teachers, but I had some great teachers along the way. Those are the ones that stood out. And remember, those are the ones that caused me to think, they made me think through it. Don't, no, don't just, don't just take my answer for, for, figure out how, how this answer is the right answer. You know, how did, how did I get there? You know? Uh, teach them to think, teach them to solve a problem, you know, whether it be an academic problem or a life's problem. Yeah. And I, and I also talk about um, talking. I, I do this with my kids a lot. When something I'm going through is hard, I will tell them the whole thing, not to get their advice, but to walk them through the process I'm going through. Like, these are the decisions I made. This is what didn't work. Mm-hmm. This is what's working because they're going to hit it too. They're yeah. going to have these super I- times. I talk about my failures often in front of my children. Me too. You know, especially that, I mean, cause a lot of them witnessed that bad time I went through, you know, a lot of them, all of them, you know, some of them older that, you know, they could re- grasp it versus the ones that were younger, um, you know, and I explained it, you know, and I talk it through and, uh, and, you know, it, it, I just, I've never was much for because I said, so that's never really been a, a good answer for a parent to, uh, or an adult to a, a child. No, no. And, and same with, um, coaches is, is another one. Do better, pitch better, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. play your position better. It's like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. I think as, a, as adults, we have to articulate exactly what, not just say what we want the outcome to be, but what the yeah. actions that get you to the right mm-hmm. outcome are. Well, that's contrary to the word, the definition of the word coach anyway. You know, that's just, well, anybody that's, that's a manager, that's a dictator. And, uh, I'm a big, I don't like, I don't like the word manager. I, I, I like the word leader, you know, cause you can manage to screw everything up, you know, but can you lead, um, you know, you, you're just managing to put out the information that was dictated to you, but that's not leadership. Right. I'm to lead and, and not manage coaches are a real coach is a leader. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah. Um, so how do you spend, you, you got all these things going on. We'll wrap it up with this. How do you make sure you spend enough time with your kids? Give them the attention they need when you're running, you know, at hundred, like me, 110 miles per hour in every direction. What, what is it that keeps you grounded and really? It's tough. Um, I try, you know, it, it, especially, you know, I've got my, my oldest is already off on his own, owns his own home. And I just, I don't see him a lot. And, uh, or as much as I would like to, I, I would love to see him more. Um, especially now that he's, he's a man now, you know, and we can relate more on, on a man level versus a father son level, you know, um, and develop that relationship that I have with my father, my stepfather, uh, the mentor mentor thing never ends. My father, my stepfather is still my two biggest mentors in my life. Um, 
And then, uh, and, you know, and I want to continue to evolve in that capacity with my son. Uh, he's got a very serious girlfriend. They're probably going to be together forever. And she's a sweetheart. We love her. I can't wait to welcome her into the family uh, formally. Um, but, you know, so his life is taking him away from me a little bit, you know, which that's that's part of it. That's his life, you know, and I'm at, I'm spending a lot of time with my 20 year old right now, just cause we're working out together. I mean, I just, I, I can't tell you how much I'm enjoying that and loving that. And him and I have gotten so close. Um, cause he was there for some of the, the rougher times I was going through there for, for a couple few years. And then, um, you know, I just try to spend, you know, I get my kids doing jujitsu with me on Saturdays, my 12 year Marco and Sophia, my 12 and 10 year old, I get them in there trying to do as much with me. I, you know, take, you know, I tell you what, you know, my one of my favorite things to do is just go out to eat. It's a simple thing. Instead of taking some, you know, just planning the, you know, working my ass off and never seeing my kid for months on end and then say, Hey, let's go on a seven to 10 day vacation. You aren't making up for all that time in seven to 10 freaking days. Besides that, I don't know about you, but the, the fathers don't vacation. We're, we're in charge of that whole thing. It's, it's work, you know, <laughs> you know, I, so I just, just little things, just go out to eat, sit down, relax, have a conversation with them as much as I can. Just try to chat with them. Don't force it on them. Cause you know, let's face it. Our, our FaceTime with our kids is, is more important to us than them at this moment. They got their friends and stuff like that. So I just take what I can get with them. Don't push them into a situation. They're not, if they're not wanting to sit with me at the moment, let them go, let them go do their thing. Uh, it's hard, man. I, I kind of stumbling around with it. Cause I don't have, hundred percent the answer either. I don't think any of us do. I just, I just try to do the best I can and spend as much time with them as I can quality time. Um, especially during COVID when the schools were shut down, I was taking some of them. To work. I was taking the two little ones with me to work with me. I just take one, one day, the other with me one day I'm traveling all over. I just take one with it. They, they went on some road trips with dad, you know, got to eat in some cool, you know, mom and pop restaurants around the state that, you know, they may or may not have ever had an opportunity to do and just see parts of the state they've never seen. And, uh, that was a good time. And, you know, uh, my daughter, I think I listened to the same damn Justin Bieber song 30 times in a row, but, uh, I don't care. I'm with my baby girl and my bambina. I'm good. Let's, let's keep listening to it. <laughs> car time. Car time is one of those, man, you, you've got, you, you can get a captive audience, especially one-on-one. Yeah. -on -one. That's where I find I have some really good touch base with my boys, like where it's just really yeah. solid, they start to open up. And so yeah. never underestimate car time, never underestimate yep. eating out. I agree. Mm -hmm. And um, we do, we do family dinners. Uh, that's yeah. That's we do that happy. Sunday dinner. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like, you know, sometimes you feel like you're just, you're just dragging, you're pulling info out of you. Come on. You, you know, you're just, you're just digging. I'm asking about, Hey, how was school today? Fine. Uh, what'd you have for lunch today? I don't remember, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, but you just got to keep asking those questions. So eventually, you know, you strike something that they want to talk about, you know, um, it, yeah, I, I just keep asking. Like, it, it's it's my job to keep forcing the communication. You know, it's not their job. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I continue to force that conversation with them. So uh, so they'll have it with me. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. I loved our talks about challenges and jujitsu and doing hard things. Um, yep. I knew it would be fun. I knew it. Aye, you're clairvoyant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. But, uh, well, hey, thanks for being on the podcast, man. Really Anytime, cool. man. Always. I love it. I enjoy it. Uh, it's, always, uh, it's always good chatting with you, brother. All right. Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. 
If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, and follow us on social media. If you are a father, make sure you join our Facebook group, The Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more podcasts from The Brotherhood of Fatherhood.